I do feel compelled to explain to you that when I, whenever I am, am given the opportunity to share from my heart and to share from the heart of God, my, I, I feel like I should explain this, that my process generally is that I go before the Lord with my, with usually, I would say my journal, and I want to be one of those like old school people, but it's usually my laptop, and I start taking notes, and I ask the Lord, what do you want to remind your people? What do you want to tell your people? So I want to share that with you because if you are in this room, even if you are here under duress, if you are here because your mom made you come, or if you're here just uh, because maybe you haven't been in church a long time, God knew you would be here. And the Lord's been speaking to me for several weeks about what he wanted me to share with you today. So today this word is for you. It might not be complicated. It might not be uh, super revelatory even, but it is for you because God knew that you would be in this room. And so I, I, I'm just praying that your ears are open to hear what he has to encourage you today. Um, so uh, Jesus, we know that if we read through the New Testament, Jesus spoke to the disciples in parables. And I've heard many different reasons he did this. I think I, um, I teach middle school. So I also teach in parables many times. And I have to use very ridiculous analogies to try to help my um, small children, because they are in middle school, understand what I'm trying to convey to them. So Jesus did this, and he spoke in parables. Um, and he used, the par he used the analogy of sheep, and he was our shepherd. And that was what the Lord drew, to me, uh, drew me to this last few weeks about what that means, what we as sheep, and he as our shepherd means. And you could probably take one look at me and know that I am about the furthest thing from a farmer. Like, I'm an indoor person, okay? So I don't know much about sheep um, or animals in general, okay? I know that they're messy, and that's about all I know. So um, I started researching because the, he, and I know that it was because shepherds was a common, uh, a common occupation, and it's something people would have understood. So now our job is to go back and be like, what, the, what are shepherds and what do sheep do? Because I don't know about that because I live in an air-conditioned house, and um, I have a gardener, and I don't go outside unless I absolutely have to. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's, it's whatever. But um, anyway, so many times the, the scripture refers to us as sheep. Um, and so in Psalm 95, and I am going to be in the Psalms a lot. I'll try to not talk too fast. But Psalm 95, verse 6 and 7, uh, the psalmist says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. So, um, we are his sheep. And so I started to research the behavior of sheep because, again, I know nothing. Um, I don't know anything about sheep. And I've always heard that sheep are stupid. I don't know if you've heard that. I've heard that they're dumb. And so I was like, I'm a little bit offended. But um, also my name, my name is Rachel. Rachel means little lamb. And I was like, <laughs> I, I, the Lord reminded me of that. And I was like... Interesting. So I did read that sheep are not as dumb as people think, that they're the same as cattle. So I did read that. But um, so the people of Jesus' day would have had a very deep understanding of the behavior of sheep. Um, and so when I realized that my name, I remembered that, that my name means like an ew, like a little lamb. Ew. Um, that's a fun word. <laughs> a little lamb. Um, sheep, they, um, the only flock that I am familiar with is junior high girls. Um, they're the closest thing I'm around that is a flock of sheep, uh, boys. I would say junior high boys are more like a flock of feral cats. So that's a different story for another time. But, um, sheep, I read this, that sheep band together for protection. I think we're all, we all are familiar with that. Um, I did read that it's not even because they always like each other, 
we think it's because they're social, they're gregarious like animals, but they actually band together. They might not even like each other, they do it for protection. If I have never heard something that describes junior high girls more than that, um, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and anyway, sheep have a very strong um, instinct to run from danger because they're prey, they're not predators. Their only defense is to run and to flee. Um, they run even from perceived danger. And so I read a lot about the bond between a shepherd and a sheep. And a shepherd does have to go and catch the sheep that are running. And um, one of the way I, I'm going to get into what he has to do to calm the sheep down a little later. But he has to sometimes has to go catch those sheep that have run off. And I have always heard the scripture even says that the sheep know my voice. The sheep know the voice of their shepherd. But I read that sheep even recognize the face of their shepherd. They even know them by sight. And I just thought that was so cool. So this is what the Lord's been ministering to me, that if you will turn with me to Mark chapter 6, verse 33 and 34. This is after Jesus fed the 5,000. If you know that story, the, two, the five loaves and two fish and the food was multiplied. Um, Jesus was a human, so I imagine he was tired after, after that. <laughs> that he probably, uh, he, you see Jesus many times wanting to kind of get away and rest and, and, and be alone with the Father and, and kind of escape a little bit. And if you're an introvert, you probably understand that. Um, but this, I'm going to start at verse, uh, chapter 6 of Mark, verse 33 and 34. Um, so they were going to leave, and it says, But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a multitude and was moved with compassion for them. Uh, because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. And so he began to teach them many things. So Jesus was moved with compassion. We see that many times in scripture. That he was moved with compassion on people. Sometimes when he's like, I'm not even supposed to be dealing with you right now. Like, leave me alone. But no, he, he, he chose compassion. He was moved with compassion. And if you read, that's the heart of the Father. Because in John 3, 16, we know the scripture. It says, for God, what? So loved the world. Jesus was sent because of compassion, because of love. That from the beginning of time, from the fall of man, there was a plan for you to have communion with God again. That was always the plan. So from the beginning of time, there was a plan set into motion for Jesus to come to leave the comfort of heaven and to come in the flesh, to know our weakness, to know all of the pain that we experience, to come in the flesh because of compassion. He was moved with compassion for his people. Um, so the shepherd also, the, he's moved with compassion and he goes after the lost sheep. So again, I'm, I'm going to bounce around and I apologize, but um, if you want to even just jot these down, you can read them later. Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 through 14. Oh, Siri's trying to talk to me. Let me turn that. It's even off. That's weird. I don't Loves to pick up on what I'm saying. So the shepherd pursues the lost sheep. So Matthew chapter 18, verse 12 through 14 says, What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go and search for the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. So he goes after the lost. He pursues the lost. He goes looking. He's not like, oh, well, they ran off again. Great. Stupid sheep. Like, like he's, he doesn't say that. He goes after him. He looks for them. And when he finds them, he scoops them up and he rejoices. And that is the heart of God for you. 
that he rejoices. When, when you've gone astray, he is pursuing you. When you are afar off, he is looking for you. And he rejoices when you return. And to be honest with you, in my young immaturity, I used to get annoyed at this scripture and at the story of the prodigal son. When it's like, he rejoiced more over the one that returned. Meanwhile, the one that's still never left was like, what the heck? I've been here the whole time. And, you're, and the, the same sheep, he leaves the 99 that are, that are safe. And the Lord has begun to minister to me that, like, the ones that never left, they've never experienced not having the safety. So, like, they, they've always been there. So, like, don't hear what I'm not saying when I read that passage. I just felt like mis- mentioning that. So, Jesus didn't, he, he doesn't scold the lost sheep. He doesn't shame you. He doesn't humiliate you who are lost. He rejoices when the lost sheep returns, no matter how off you are, no matter how far away you are from the presence of God and from walking in peace with the Father. He, welcome, he bids you to come, and he rejoices when you do. He doesn't sit there with a list of all your wrongdoings and say, well, you've really, you've really botched this one. Good job. That's not what he does. With compassion, he pursues the lost sheep. Um, So I'd like you to turn with me to um, Psalm 23, and I know this is one of those passages that are so familiar. I shared with this on one of our Tuesday night groups. Like, this is my absolute favorite psalm. I wish it was, like, I feel like uh, it's cliche. I feel like at this point it's so, we've heard it so many times that I feel like we forget what it means because it's so familiar to us. So I'm going to go through this psalm kind of out of order, Um, but the verse 1 and 2 right at the beginning, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. So if the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want, I want to point out something to you that it does not say, I shall not hurt. Or I shall not experience turmoil. Or I shall not walk in, uh, experience depression. Or have anxiety. Or like all of those things that, we, that are normal parts of our human walk through the valley with the shepherd. It just says, I shall not want. So that means that everything you have need of, that you are not lacking. It doesn't mean that things are not, we are not promised um, not to experience hurt or, or offense or pain. That, that's not promised to us in scripture. It just says, I shall, not, I shall not want, I shall not lack. The shepherd provides me all that I need. And verse 4, again, I'm going to skip around in Psalm 23. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So the Lord uh, began to explain to me what the rod and the staff are. The rod, can, it's like the rod of correction, all right? The sheep are along, and, and you have to kind of use the rod to get the sheep back in line. But it's for your safety, and it's for your good. All that correction that we might experience is because it's, there's love. There's, we desire you to be safe. You know, the, the Lord corrects those he loves. Um, and then the, the, I saw somewhere it said the shepherd's staff with, like, the hook. We always joke, like, get the hook and get them off stage or whatever. Um, but the shepherd would use it to pull the sheep closer. And that that's what the rod and the staff were comforted by, by the correction of the Lord and for the guidance uh, that he, he gives us the guidance and the safety. Um, And I feel like we often um, get very confused. I don't know if it's sometimes disillusioning when when those things happen to us that we never planned on or we never thought we'd experience. I think a lot of times we waste many, many hours of our lives worrying about things that might never happen when 
not to put more worry, but like kinds of things that end up taking us out sometimes are the things we never expected. Things that blindside us. And it can be very disillusioning to our walk with God sometimes when we sit and have that conversation. God, why would you let this happen to me? And that's, and that's an honest conversation that you can have with the Lord. And the Lord will walk you through that, that the word says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he's come to give us life and life more abundantly. That those things that happen to us are, are sometimes just normal parts of the human experience. There are things that we experience as people, but let me tell you something, that he has come, that every pain you experience can be used for his glory that he teaches us through those things, that that pain that we experience produces hope. It produces character. It produces perseverance. He wastes, no, he wastes nothing. It is not from God when we experience those bad things, but let me tell you something, he can use it. So if you would submit those areas of your life that we're like shying away from because they're painful, if you go in honesty to the shepherd and say, I don't understand why this is happening, but I will submit it to you, and I will, I will submit to the process of you teaching me, that then we experience the peace and the promise that his goodness and mercy will follow us. So the scripture doesn't promise that life free of trouble, but it promises that we're not alone in it. And sometimes when we're experiencing a lot of pain, we sit and we wallow. And that's okay sometimes because you feel your feelings. Like, I'm all about, like, feelings. It's okay. Um, and sometimes we want God to, like, take it away. Whoosh, and we want him to come and, like, rescue us. But what Jesus does is he comes down in our pain. And he sits with us. And he sits with us. And he, he, we're not alone. And it says he leads me, be, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. So if you are in a valley experience where you'd rather not be, and uh, we want the mountaintop experiences, but they don't last very long. We want to like victory, woo, and those are all like, yes, but we learn in the valley, and it's uncomfortable. It is, but um, he, he makes me lie down in green pastures. It's verse 2. He leads me beside still waters. There is peace in the valley. There, that's an old song. <laughs> there will be peace. You know that song? In the valley for me. Uh, very old song. But it's true, there's, there's peace in that, in, in that the time of, of struggle. He, he makes us lie down in green pasture. It means it might not all be figured out right now, but there is rest and there is peace. You need to take a rest here and, and just get close to the shepherd, to get close to the heart of the Father. Um, and then it, the verse 5, it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And what that means to me, even in suffering, that here's my, we're looking straight in the face of our enemy. Bad things happening. Here's a table. I have provided for you. There is sustenance. He's our shepherd. He provides what we need for, for life to sustain us. That even when we're staring in the face of those experiences that we would rather not have to walk through, there is a table set for you. He's inviting you to come to the table and receive from his presence. Even in difficulty, even, even in uh, turmoil, and even in pain. Um, verse 3, this is where I kind of want to hang out for a minute. Got the raspies. So verse 3 says, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So um, 1 Peter 2 and 25 
I, let me tell you, when I say I looked up every scripture that mentioned sheep, I did. I tend to over-prepare. <laughs> but 1 Peter 2 and 25 says, For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. So we are a spirit, right? We used to sing this little song when I was a kid, and it went, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. It was really cute. I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. My mom used to make us sing it. Um, so <laughs> we are spirit eternal beings, yes? We are a spirit. But we have a soul. God gave it to us. That's our mind, our will, our emotions, our feelings, that sometimes we're like, you know, get out of your soul, which can be true. It, it is true, but we have feelings. And I remember when I was walking through years of infertility, I had three miscarriages after thousands of dollars that we really didn't have. Like, um, uh, it, was, it was a very painful time. And I remember knowing in my spirit, like, I know what your word says, God. You could, you, you could give me, uh, you could cause me to conceive any time you want. Any, but so I, I'm like, I know this in my spirit. And I know, I know the scripture says you withhold no good thing from those who walk uprightly. I'm standing on those scriptures. But it doesn't mean that we can't have response in our soul. And it's okay to have to work through those feelings of, of doubt and those feelings of pain and those sadness. Like those are all real, true experiences. And he oversees your soul. And then later, the script, Psalm 23 says, you restore my soul. That means in the place of our hurt and the place where we've experienced trauma and pain and sadness, that God wants to restore and heal your soul. So when we're walking with the shepherd, he's providing for our, our physical needs, for all of those needs, and then he oversees your soul. He's the overseer of your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. And this is what... Um, the Lord brought me to when I was researching sheep. Um, when sheep will, sheep will bolt from real or even perceived danger, like, oh, looks bad, I'm going to run. They'll take off. The way the shepherd has to go after and catch the sheep, um, he, he has to come from behind the sheep because if they, they'll just run. He catches them, and the only way to calm them down is to lift their head. And I was like, what? That's amazing. So he has to come up. He puts his hand under the little sheep's chin, and he lifts their head. And he looks in their eyes, and they relax. And I thought that was such a beautiful picture to disarm that flight instinct. The shepherd has to gain control of the, of the head of the sheep. He puts his hand under that chin, and he lifts their heads. And Psalm 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 3 says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. And I, I just, I think that's such a beautiful picture of what the Lord does for us. When we're hurting in our soul, he restores our soul when we are just wanting to run this doesn't feel good. This is uncomfortable. I don't like this. I'm going to go. And we run from the presence of God. We run from the place we should be running to. But when the shepherd, if you will allow yourself to be caught by the shepherd, that he lifts your head. And I submit to you that if you need peace, allow the shepherd to gain control of your head. Your, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Um, he's interested in the health of your mind. He's interested in the health of your heart. 
uh, and your, your thoughts and your feelings. And he restores the broken places and he heals hurt so that our souls can be restored. So we can get lost and go astray and he's pursuing us. Or we can be running from real or perceived danger and he is pursuing us. Or we can choose the safety of the shepherd. So um, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 um, which if you want to go and search this out, this is just a little tiny snippet, but it says casting, this is what we're to do, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That the battleground is really in here. And if you want peace, let the shepherd lift your head. He is the lifter of our head. He is the lover of your soul. That's what my Bible tells me. So for those of you that, I, and I just felt so compelled that the Lord knew you'd be here. And whatever situation you're facing that is, that is painful, that is hurt, that it's like, I don't, I don't want to walk here. That we want to run and we want to hide. That the shepherd is pursuing you. That there is an invitation for you to come. That he wants to make you a table and prepare a place for you. And he's not going to scold you. He's not going to shame you. He's not going to humiliate you. He's not going to give you like, how dare you continue running from me? Like, I'm not, this is the last time. Okay, I had, um, we had a, a really ugly dog when I was a kid. It was pretty, it was ugly. Okay, it was, his name was Maggie. I, it's a little black dog. It was like so scruffy. It had fleas. Anyway, the, the dog kept running. Every time the door would open, the dog would bolt. And I actually have this really vivid picture of my dad running after this dog down our street about eight houses away. And he finally went, <laughs> went like this. And the dog never came back. We, it was before like chips and all that stuff. Um, but we kept going after this dog and we go after him and we go after him. It was, I'm like, how, like, this is where I'm like, how dumb are you? Like there was everything you need here. There's like a food bowl. There's a little dog bed. Like we tried to love this dog. We tried. It was not having it. But I, I actually vividly remember the picture in my head of my dad running. He's like eight. I mean, he was far down our street, and he did that with his hands. I was like, just forget. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not looking for the dog anymore, which I understand as, a, as an adult now. Like, like, this is not, you know. But that is not what the Lord does. You keep running. He's, he doesn't throw up his hands. and are like, well, you're on your own now. Peace. And, like, he doesn't do that to us. That he keeps looking for you. I don't know what made me think of that ugly dog. Um, <laughs> Maggie, of all the names. Um, it's so funny. But anyway, um, the last thing I, I just want to touch upon before we close is that sheep recognize the, the voice of their shepherd. We know this. But they recognize his face too. John 10, 27. And if you want to go through, you could really search out all of John chapter 10. But John chapter 10, verse 27 and 28 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. That you belong to God. You belong to the shepherd. And when you are, are safe in the arms of the shepherd, that no one can snatch you out. And um, I want to encourage you that this is, this is a walk. This is a daily walk with Jesus. You remember that old song, like, and he walks with me and he talks with me. That's a, I, I was ministered to just a few years ago, actually, because I feel like we tend to make a lot out of choices. And, and it is from a good place that we do want to serve God and we want to do his will. 
And we're so like, is this your will or is this your will? And then when we trip up, that we get so just down and distraught and so uh, disappointed in ourselves. But this is a walk with the shepherd. And the word says that he makes the crooked path straight. And he makes the rough places smooth. So the shepherd sees what's ahead. He knows what's coming. And he uses that rod and that staff to keep us in that smooth place. And I bet you anything, those sheep will trip up sometimes. And they fall. And the shepherd doesn't go like, oh, get out. Just get out of line and keep walking. No, the shepherd goes, bends down and he picks them up and we keep on walking. So if that's you, I just encourage you, keep on walking. Don't give up. Just keep on walking. Because it's just a daily, a daily walk that he's not waiting for you to screw up too bad. He's not, there's nothing you can do that can separate you from the love of God. So if that's you, I encourage you to stop running, to turn and come to the shepherd. Because he's waiting for you. He's looking for you. He's pursuing you. And so I'm, again, with the tears. (laughs) Maybe you are like that little lost sheep that ran from danger and now you're lost. I want to encourage you that Jesus is pursuing you and he will rejoice when you return. He's waiting and he will rejoice over you. And maybe you're uh, wounded. Maybe you're one of those wounded sheep that that needs the shepherd to, to lift their head so that we can relax in his presence, so we can rest in his presence. So if you need healing in your soul today, Jesus is here to meet with you. He's here so you can give him those wounds and those hurts. Those things that we don't even want to say out loud. Or those things that we struggle over. How could you let this happen to me? That that, that doesn't shock God. That, that response does not shock the Lord. And I guarantee you he'll tell you exactly what he wants to do. If you will let him. So I encourage you today to let the shepherd lift your head to restore your soul because he's the lifter of our head and he is the lover of our souls. So Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are our shepherd, that you lead us beside still waters and you make us lie down in green pastures, that you you anoint us with oil and that you make us a table in the presence of our enemies. And Father, when we're, when we're safe under the care of the shepherd, that your goodness and your mercy follow us all the days of our life. 